This is HPR episode 2391 entitled HPR Community News for September 2017 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 81 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in September 2017. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and joining me tonight is Dave. Say hello Dave. Hello Dave. Hi, and this is HPR Community News for the month. That is September 2017 and it's been a very busy month, Dave. It has been rather a busy month, yes, yes, I don't know. What have we been doing again? I can't quite remember. Dave. Oh, actually we don't have it in the AOB. What we mostly have been doing is all that comment feed stuff. That's true, yeah. We should make a note to talk about that. Yes, yes, okay. But let's do that at the end of the show. This, for people joining us for the first time, is a community news roundup of all the shows that have been going on in the last month. Um, We take one show out where volunteers like Dave and myself come on and make sure that we go through every show just to prove to you that at least two people have listened to these shows and drawn some sort of inspiration from them. Um, We also, uh, Dave and I happen to be some of the volunteers that keep this thing uh, running, uh, along with Josh, who's been very active this month. And uh, HPR itself is a community podcast network, and that means we um, take shows from random people on the internet and we put them under the HPR banner, so you don't need to worry about things like RSS feeds and comments and DDoS attacks and all that sort of stuff. That's all taken care of for you. All you need to do is think of a topic, press record, talk about the topic, Go to the upload form and upload the show, and we'll do the rest. Will that summarise it, Dave, for you? I think that that just about covers it. Yes, yes. There's there's many nuances we could go into, but now's not the time. No, that's correct. And this is the point where we traditionally welcome new hosts, but alas, alas... There are no new hosts, I'm afraid. No, no, very sad. That means either... Dave, either we've reached the maximum limit where our entire listenership is now contributing shows, or somebody hasn't been guilted enough into doing it, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think the people who do listen and contribute should be out there spreading the word. Not saying that I'm angry. Very, very disappointed. Anyway, let's start off with who is Horton Works and what they do with Hadoop. And this was by JWP. 
and this was about uh, about Hadoop and the what you can do with it. Pretty pretty cool ha Apache project actually. Little bit data management is a little bit um, of a strange thing for me, I must say. Yeah, I don't know much about this at all. I keep meaning to get more into it, um, just experiment with it, but I haven't haven't done so yet. But uh, yeah, it's good to good to have uh, JWP telling us stuff about it. Seems like a very interesting. It's like a file system for uh, yeah, a global file system. It's pretty cool. But uh, oh yeah. yeah. That's as part of the whole the whole build of the thing, yeah, yeah. I nearly got a job as a as a Hadoop administratory type person, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> I see <laughs> so, why you failed the interview, Dave. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Sorry, if you don't you uh, listen clear to, off then. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't listen to JWP's episode, <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. And then the following day, we had the community news, and there were four comments for this. Uh, Frank had a comment saying, I have a very selfish idea for a show. Actually, you do that and then I'll do my own reply. Okay, okay. Uh, Frank says, I have a very sel selfish idea for a show, a tutorial based on moving HPR from HTTP to HTTPS. Selfish because I need to do the same thing to stop Firefox's incessant and given the nature of my site, quite silly nagging. It's not like I manage any personal information after all, and other than my own log on, I mean, really. <laughs> uh, heartfelt. Um, I've nothing but praise for my hosting provider's tech support. They have proven themselves to be real troopers and generally find their help files actually helpful. But I must admit that since I now have a VPS and I'm all on my own some managing something like implementing SSL, I'm quite confused and unsure uh, to, as to what I must do. So... Yeah, and they, uh, my reply actually wasn't to Frank's, I just noticed, and it should have been. And they, um, the troubles with the HTTP to HTTPS that we were referring to in the last show was the fact that uh, our common system was incapable of switching to, to HTTPS because hard-coded URLs with HTTP colon forward slash were put in. Um, uh, and among other things, libraries not working and all sorts of stuff, and not us being able to upgrade it. So that was actually a bit of a, a bit of a pain. Um, in general, though, uh, I switched on HTTPS for uh, some of my own sites using um, Let's Encrypt. And if you go to the Let's Encrypt website, they give you fairly easy step-by-step -step instructions how to do it. Not that tough. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yes. Um, uh, poor Frank's gone without a reply, but uh, yeah, we should maybe drop him a drop him a note or something. Yeah, true. And uh, yeah, we've gone live with the new comment system. Keep us posted if you notice anything weird on the site. And then the following one was uh, Dodo Dummy. Uh, in the US, uh, in the US, Jelly is also clear and Jam isn't. Jelly is clear. Shulky stuff. Jam is not clear unless shulky. Jam and preserves are a bit harder to differentiate. I've lived all over the US and this difference between jam and jelly seems persuasive. Oh, okay, that that was me being a little bit uh, going on about the subject. And anyway, and I replied saying jam versus jelly. Hi, Dodd, D-O-D-D, -D, dummy. I'm not sure how he wants to pronounce it. I've never heard the term jam uh, used in US English. So my experience is not broad. Researching, I found this. I bought a jar of raspberry jam. She made us jelly sandwiches, which implies that the words jam and jelly are a little interchangeable. I've also believed that... Not really, Dave. 
you might have bought her a raspberry jam. And then she said, thank you very much for the jam. Let me make the you one, some jelly sandwiches from this one jar of follow. jelly I have over here. <laughs> Just, 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 just let me read this and <laughs> keep, keep your comments to yourself. <laughs> I also believe that where UK English uses jelly, which can refer to a jam with all the bits taken out, based on pectin, which is the stuff that makes it stick, and a dessert, they also use it as a dessert made with flavoured gelatin, whereas US English uses jello for the latter. I may be wrong, language is a moving target anyway. Thanks for clarifying things. So, yeah. So, anyway, I've learned, learned something. I'd never heard anybody use, I've always heard, like, peanut butter, jelly, etc. So, I've never heard anybody say jam. But then, I've only visited the US once, so it's not a, not the best of samples. No, that's true. Duck book. Forsake Markdown now. Platu walks you through writing in DuckBook, processing and rendering output. And I have, there are no comments on the website, but there was a comment on the uh, that I got in person to this, which was uh, a discussion with a work colleague who listens to podcasts. Hi, work colleague who hasn't submitted a show yet. And uh, she was saying that, <laughs> that right there in our is a doubt, that, um, yes, basically my shows are boring, uh, but Klaatu's shows are really nice. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> ah, right. So let's yes. be honest. Wonderful. Not hurt at all. I've got a thick skin, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good. That's really positive stuff. Good feedback. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, we all know this. And the following day, we had PC Gen. Clatu talks about PC Generator on the tabletop series about building characters. For your next exciting RPG session, use PC Gen, and here's how. I would not have known what this was. I would not have known that this existed, but now I'm glad I do, actually. Well, I mentioned it to my daughter, who said, oh, send me the details, send me the details, but there's... It's a huge lot to send her in the show, but uh, I um, I haven't done it either. But <laughs> I, I s- strongly suspect Klaatu is preparing us for later shows where he talks about, in my earlier episode, I spoke about PC Gen, which he actually has done uh, in later shows. Yeah. The following yeah. day, we had How to Make Sauerkraut, the one thing my wife won't let me have. And it was by Tony Hughes aka Tony H1212 and it's part of our cooking series which is taken off a storm pretty cool can't really comment on that and the people who did comment were Jezra who said splendid thank you for the inspiration cabbage is now on my shopping list I will be making a batch this weekend Tony replied saying splendid Jezra you're welcome it was other other people freely sharing via YouTube and blogs that got me started, so I thought I would share with the HPR community. As well as it tasting really good, it has health benefits as well. Win-win in my book. By the way, after making your first batch, try adding a couple or ten cloves of garlic in a future batch. The flavor is fantastic, and you can eat the fermented garlic or use in other recipes. Mm, very nice. Very nice. The following day, we had competing interests. We look into the marketplace and see how everybody's interests clash. And this is part of uh, Ahuka's um, healthcare series. And the following day, we had Information Underground, 21st Century Superstar. Klaatu, Lost and Blogs, talk about an icon-less culture. And I was writing down a notepad full of comments for this, but then I kind of gave up because it's just one of these conversations that I 
really oh actually i i echo kevin's uh thing here if you want to read um, a comment um we had a comment from a pork chop which is uh, unusual uh communities while all the specialized media makes it more difficult to find commonalities the internet and forums like reddit also make it easy to find other people that share interests that's a good point actually yes just true, just true. And Kevin said, Kevin O'Brien, great discussion. Love the show. The only problem I had is that I wanted to be part of the discussion. Well done. Actually, yes, I was. I was feeling very much the same way during it. Um, but great, yes, great show. yes, I, I, I sort of was feeling I could. The the conversations needed to be broadened a bit there, but uh, but it was it's an interesting interesting subject. Uh, made me think. Yeah, but I still yeah. I was also thinking like Game of thrones now is the thing that uh everybody has to have seen the new episode of blah 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 and then people disappear from the floor and they're not allowed to talk about it so but that was also mentioned so yeah rather interesting on the other hand you get specialized podcasts like ours and other people's and uh you've got a community it's just a different different community then but a great uh, a great episode and the following day, we had an episode where the audio was not what you call great, truth be told. Uh, yeah. A rambling drive into work. I was able, and here, folks, is the, uh, is the barrier, if it's audible. And, yeah, I had to struggle with this one. Was it audible or not? I well, actually, yeah, it, it, yeah. You're gone. I sent it off to um, to a clean-up, um, was it all auto works or something, where they clean up audio and they couldn't make it any better either. I don't think it was the car sounds. I think there was a, when he hit a bump, the microphone hit something, which caused, I felt yeah. if the microphone yeah. was held somewhere else, it wouldn't have picked up as much vibrations. Yeah, it was, it, it was odd. It's a very odd thing, actually, because I listened to it, I always tend to listen to things I'm listening to these when I'm doing something else, and and I, and I managed to to pick up everything he said. I felt, but uh, but it may be because my audio setup, um, an MP3 player with some fairly crappy headphones, didn't make <laughs> it, it, it. I didn't get the the finer details of the noise. Perhaps I don't know. Or maybe my ears are so awful that, that I couldn't tell the difference. But it, yeah, but basically it was pretty pretty dark <laughs> which he knew himself Mr. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... but no i think um cool for for trying and um yeah it can only improve <laughs> his uh and uh do 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 do, do or me says i know you said you didn't need this but i was going to comment on your last show where you said don't think about any processing was necessary. While I agree content is king, you might find this t tip handy. When I record in a noisy, noisy environment, I record a few seconds without speaking to pick up the background noises. The reason for this is that you can use those few seconds as a model for noise reduction in Audacity. It only takes a few seconds to process the, the in Audacity. So it's not much more work. Since this is common practice, did you try this? Yeah. Um, yeah, good, but I really I don't think that would have helped because they, um, with the audio processing thing that I sent it off to filters out the gaps in between the uh, speaking to get that audio uh, level, and it didn't do a lot for it, to be yeah. honest. 
Yep, yep. No, it's it, yeah. I think I think it would have been really hard to have got the the, the junk out of that. Lovebug replied to Actually, this as well. That, I would like, love it if Mr. X tried the same experiment again, just without actually any content, but recording, getting as many different recording devices that he could um, to see and give us samples of the audio of you know the same thing, uh, say some copyrighted for uncopyrighted phrase uh, in the car, recorded on as many five, six, seven different devices, and then see if we can pick up the uh, the differences in them do a comparison and then send them off and see can we get them processed and see um, what the best setup would be. We might make an interesting show just by the way. Yes. Anyway, we had a comment yes, from you. The Love Bug, which was great concept for a show, so I pinched it. I managed to get the gist of what you're trying to say, though I don't believe that any level of processing would have been able to tidy up what was ultimately recorded. I find that in noisy environments, a low-gain recorder with the microphone nice and close to your mouth tends to make you heard much better. I've just uploaded what will be episode 2400, where I basically pinch your idea and drive 28 miles to my work and spend most of the time talking about the 14 cars I've had. When I recorded this show, the only thing I did was push the file through Orphonic, which was the service you were talking about, Ken, yeah, I think, exactly, yeah. the to level it out. There was no noise reduction applied, and I do have a fairly noisy car. And he refers to his show. I would definitely like to hear another attempt from you at this. Says, uh, yes. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. This could turn into a series. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting thing. Of I can't, I don't have enough brain cells to talk very interestingly when I'm driving. So uh, good for these guys who can do it. I'd have to buy a car. <laughs> It'd be a bit you expensive can, for yeah. me. Get the kids to make car noises around you. Anyway, yes. Yeah. Why Duckbook? Tattoo talks about why Duckbook is the greatest, and he is so right. And I have decided to use Duckbook for my wife's book, which is now currently written in LibreOffice and needs to get translated and stuff. So, good reason to use it there. Yeah, yeah. Duckbook. I've I've toyed with with Duckbook. Um, I've actually played with loads and loads and loads of different uh, text processing things and written one of my own a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so I'm. Um, a doc book and SGML and stuff have been on the radar, but I've never used them. Mainly because the XML of it puts me off a bit. But uh, I should really yeah. sample it and, and see. <laughs> I know oh, you live in you live in XML. So yeah, and, and all those care. shows I've done about XML that I promised. Yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's if you want really professional quality results, then I think it's absolutely right. You need something like DocBook. And you don't want a, a desktop word processor for the really heavy stuff. No, it was. I was really in tears. I had to tell people to leave the room to for a while just because I was getting so frustrated at trying to get a a finished working document, especially when it goes into hundreds of pages and you're going something strange is going here. And this is me following all Kevin O'Brien's LibreOffice, set up your style, set up your everything um, rules, you know, is still some pages, the content just randomly changed for no reason that I could see. I've had the same experience. I I resorted to using tech a long, long time ago. I had the job of doing a, an invitation to tender when we were buying a new computer. I had to write the the ITT document, which is very, very formal and stuff. And I used tech in the end because it's the only way to make something really, really consistent. You wouldn't do that now, of course, but no. a doc book would be a better choice. 
Okay, Mike Ray commented, cram down. I completely agree that it is impossible to write anything complex in Markdown without resorting to HTML tags. For me, it's putting anchor tags around headings to provide in-page links. You should take a look at Cramdown, Debian install, apt-get install, ruby-cramdown. Has stuff that Markdown doesn't like tables, stuff like ID and classes, attributes for CSS, etc. And an auto-generation of table of contents. That's interesting, actually. I've not, but uh, but if you use Pan Pandocs Markdown, you get all that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. everybody uses any Markdown variant could probably say similar things. Actually, so. yeah. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, if you have to go to the trouble of learning that, guys, learn HTML5. It's not that difficult. It'll do everything that you want. You can keep it relatively simple, relatively readable. Um, and I know this is about this isn't particularly about HTML. It's about uh, DocBook, but you know, for web uh, web content stuff, Markdown. Yeah, if you have to go to the hassle, just use HTML. Mm, I'm not sure I'd agree with that, but never mind. Yeah. Anyway, Dave, how, how many times <laughs> have you now, folks that you know, I've passed over the pain, and I do mean, and I know it is pain of formatting the show notes to Dave. And a hand on your heart, Dave, how many of those show notes go straight from input to output without some level of editing? Oh, very, very few. Very few. I mean, some people send in beautiful markdown, um, but that needs processing, obviously. We, we, very, very few people send in really excellent uh, HTML, um, which needs no yeah, processing even, whatsoever. Yeah, even I'm talking about the markdown, there are very few oh, the, that the, send the, in yeah, yeah, perfect markdown yeah, yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so it, it, it's... I, I quite enjoy the challenge, actually, but that's just yes, me. Yes, I know. That's how your brain works, and I, I exploit you, Dave, for your handicaps. <laughs> you do, don't you? Yeah, I yeah. Do, yes. <laughs> I enjoy it. Anyway, so uh, comment two was from Florian, who says, what's so hard about code in a list? Seven spaces makes sense. It's three for everything belonging to the same point on your list, plus four for the code. This is about code um, appended to yeah. lists and so forth. I have a comment it? about this when you're finished. Thank and you. he uh, he points at a at an example on uh, GitHub, which I won't read out, and it's GitHub flavored Markdown. Um, he prefers three backticks, um, but he comes. Uh, I come from track wiki syntax via restructured text to Markdown and using single backticks for inline monospace, but um, Three open curly brace braces code here. Close three braces in track still annoys me. Yeah, I think I think I'd be annoyed with that. I understand the additional value semantic markup has, but in many cases it's nice, but not necessary. And he's a sysadmin who never broke out into HTML in RST or Markdown. Right. Comment on that, Florian. Well done. You also show. Next thing is uh, Tattoo never was able to figure that out. Other people in his work were never able to figure it out. And until that show aired, there nobody in my work ever figured out that you needed to go seven spaces. Why seven spaces? Why not 42 spaces? It just makes no sense. It's just an arbitrary ridiculousness thing. And then it just doesn't look correct either that you have to space seven spaces. And then is it going to, it bears no resemblance to the formatting which is exactly what Markdown is supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be sort of giving you formatting 
uh, in a human readable format. So no, uh, no, no, I've uh, not buying that. Thank you very much. I'm also not buying the sysadmin who never broke out into HTML or REST. I need a show about that proving proving the fact. What do you reckon, Dave? <laughs> I've written tons of Markdown now because I do all my HBR shows in Pandoc flavored Markdown. And I break out into HTML so many blooming times, especially since Vim is very, very, very nice at uh, giving me the HTML markup if I want it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. But then maybe I do more advanced things. I don't know. But it's hard to believe, really. Although I'm calling Florian a liar, of course. Nope. But, uh, no, we're, we're, we're prepared. I'd love to know. We're prepared. No, I really would love to know. And it is a show I would like to hear. If you can do Markdown without uh, breaking out into HTML, that would be absolutely awesome. But I I imagine, other than, like as Tattoo says, other than very boring documents, um, how, do you, how do you even do a link? Well, yeah, okay. Links are kind of covered. Anyway, moving on. Tattoo says, cram down. Had not heard of cram down. I'll have a look for kicks because it sounds very good. Pretty good. And um, yes, another comment by Klaatu, GitHub Markdown. I found that GitHub Markdown is a heck of a lot better than Markdown. In fact, it's so significantly better. I don't see why it's not merged into Markdown yet, except that as far as I can tell, Markdown proper is unmaintained. The existence of GitHub Markdown reinforces my point. Markdown needed fixing. But I agree. Sometimes Stockbook is overkill and GitHub Markdown is a better choice. But I didn't say that in this or my previous episode. I did mean to, but maybe I was blinded by Stockbook passion. So, yeah, good for that. But uh, he has a, he has a good point. He, he, um, yeah, the, um, the Markdown thing is one of the worst pains in computing, in the world of computing, in my mind. I was on the Markdown list for many years because I, used to use it at work as well and the the infighting about markdown's crap no it's not it's wonderful and all this stuff that was going on and the the guy who'd invented it was so stubborn is so stubborn about any changes that it that's why it's fragmented and gone off into all these these subversions of it if only you know there had been a process where suggestions could have been incorporated it would have it would have been one thing and and a good thing but yeah, you know, yeah. that's people's, not the way of the world is it we're not the people's front of judea <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're crammed down markdown github panda yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> sending text messages from the command line and this was from why is that not jumping out at me why is that not listed this, there it is Jezra, of course this is Jezra, Jezra. yeah yeah we we don't Do we it. maybe don't highlight the host enough to to make it jump out that yeah don't know but Jezra normally has a photo where's Jezra's photo gone oh that's a good point good point i don't yeah. know if we something broken i uh, never noticed i can't take any more broken stuff dave <laughs> That's the world. The world is That's, broken. No, this whole month has been one continuous broken HBR. God, the hours I've spent this month. Anyway, have notes. We, <laughs> have we lost the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's something to look at after this show, I think. No, I'm going to bed after the show. Well, Possibly. I'll have a look at it and see if I can spot anything. Anyway, okay, go on. On you go. Anyway, for the people who are wondering what we're talking about, if you post, if you were a host of HBR and you post your show, you will get a picture. You can either upload that picture or you can attach it to, uh, was it, um, Gravatar, and we will pull it down at a reasonably regular interval and do it that way. So, show notes. 
he doesn't need any show notes because he's a bunch of waffling about emails, text sending from the command line. And I edited that edited the comments to add in that it was recorded in Audacity, links to his previous chicken soup and provided links to the show about the SMS gateway. To which Jezra commented You 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 offering that to me? I would do because then I'm replying to him, you see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jezra says feedback. I'm not sure this episode is explicit. Sometimes I forget if I swear or not. Anyway the Coop isn't always opening and closing properly. So today I'm in the process of updating the code that controls the Coop door. I want to read that as co-op, as my brain is bent. Um, Testing has resulted in a massive amount of text and emails. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ken, for the show notes. Smiley face. We do what you ask, smiley face. Hi, Jezra. And this is more of a comment about whether it's explicit or not. And I have to do my official Ken thing here. We process the shows as per the instructions given to us by the host. In your case, the host was marked as explicit on upload. Hashtag explicit. We never contact people who have marked the shows as explicit as there is a large body of hosts that deliberately mark all shows as explicit as a precaution or protest. Another link to the stuff you need to know. Explicit. We have had on occasion contacted shows who who have marked their shows as clean where we feel that the show may not be considered inoffensive in other in every region of the world. If it ever occurs where the hosts disagree, we will post the case to the HPR community mailing list. HPR 22-10 on freedom of speech and censorship describes the agreed approach to this topic. And Jezra replies, force of habit, question mark. It was probably force of habit that caused me to mark the show as explicit. Smiley yes, face. Probably. I could not trust myself to go back and uh, and even listening to it again, I could not trust myself, but I wouldn't. I would pick up some expletive. Explip. Dave, help. <laughs> Expletive. That's the one. That's the one. Ex- yes. 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 Oh, yeah. I don't want to open up that uh, that thingy again but the only no, time no. we've ever um, mentioned it before people have have uh, resolved the situation to everyone's satisfaction and that's wonderful raspbian x86 on the p4 tower the show this is a show on installing pixel on a pentium 4 tower pc by tony hughes and i wouldn't have thought to do this but what an excellent idea yeah i i had no idea this was this is possible there must be something that's come up Quite quite recently. Um, yeah, they've released a, the Tony's distribution, and Tony is going like a madman around installing it and everything. Yeah, but, you know, yeah I was yeah. shocked and stunned at the uh, at the efficiencies, which of course you're going to get because it's designed for a uh, low power uh, system on a chip thing. I've seen other people mentioning it since since I since Tony's show um, explaining computers was demonstrating it, for example, on YouTube. But um, if you ever watch that, um, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it it sounds like a like a pretty interesting. Yeah, I must give it a shot myself. Yep, and do me. Glad you posted. For some reason, I hadn't considered this for holder. Older, harder. Thanks for the post and the idea. It's basically what I'm stealing my ideas again there, Dave. <laughs> yes. Uh, Let's see how many clear. times we can uh, <laughs> give different pronunciations to his uh, handle. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. D O triple D ummy. Um, D O D cubed ummy. <laughs> clear cut. 
says Raspberry X86. I did the same thing with a very similar P4 computer. It does eat some electricity, but is substantially faster and has more inputs and outputs than an original model B Raspberry Pi. I could make for a more enjoyable experience learning to use Pi since it can use USB persistence and be utilized on nearly any PC. Since most of the software is the same, it could be a great way to make up for lack of funds to fill a classroom with Raspberry Pi machines. Nearly any donated PC that still runs could be made to work even cheaper than buying any of the Pi computers. People could rotate so if they want to experiment with GPIO pins or other Pi specific components, they can have a chance while others would, won't have to sit around and wait for a Pi to become available. A new version of Ras, Raspbian X86 Stretch should be coming out very soon. It's oh, a good point. Yeah. That's good a good point, point actually. Yeah, yeah. Recycling old PCs into classrooms is a is a great idea. It's probably happening to some extent, but this would make it a lot easier, wouldn't it? Indeed. Um, yes, and a lot of those old... There, I know there are a lot of labs set out running Windows uh, XP and stuff. And can you still hear me? I can hear you, yeah. yeah. I think I may have realized what's going on. I think my, I had some network issues earlier on. And the network, uh, I, I had my Wi-Fi enabled for some reason. And as it was checking the network connection, my system started stuttering. Anyway, next day. 2381, the benefits of a tabletop. No, I wasn't finished my comment about uh, labs and stuff. A lot of labs, computer labs, would have had uh, XP computers, and th those, of course, are now out of date. So it would be a good way to sort of upgrade them to run on Raspbian. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Great idea. Good for um, lugs and, and that sort of setup. <laughs> Code clubs or whatever, I don't know. Yep. Sounds good. Tattoo uh, talks about the benefits of analog gaming and the comments from Guru Mark. And it is my job to butcher people's handles. How would you say that, Dave? I would call, I would say Gurdenark, but uh, probably not what yeah, you meant. Probably better, yeah, that's probably Guru Gurdenark doesn't sound as cool as Gurdenark. Yeah, yeah. You want okay. me to do it? You uh, want to... Yeah, you do that. You do that. Okay. Good episode, says Gurdon Ark. The closest I come to gaming on the tabletop is chess, and my online gaming life is more about casual FOSS games than PC gaming. But even as a non-gamer, I really enjoyed this episode. It spoke to me because it reminded me how much I like science fiction novels better than science fiction on film, like the tabletop games in your Good story, point. The Power Good of... Point. Yeah, absolutely. The power of imagination in a sci-fi story trumps, for me, even the most well-done special effects in a sci science fiction movie. You make at least seven good points here in a show I found a good listen. Excellent. That's a, a very nice comment. Yes, and a very good point. I'm currently listening to uh, Cavalcade's audios. Uh, was it uh, Robots? He's got a two-part two audio uh, story out. And it is hilarious. But also, I am dying for next week when the next episode is out. This is Lost in Bronx. Yes. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant shows. I have a weird sidetrack. Trying, trying to go to sleep to clear my mind. I, I try and come up with you know space opera things. Uh, you know, nice, just boring space things. And then he comes out with his shows, and their universe is 
a thousand times more elaborate than mine, more accurate, better stories, better written. Ah, oh, just oh, talent of Lost in Bronx is, is he, he does have a hell of an imagination. That's certainly true. People have not heard his stuff. Go check it out. Jo- uh, join up to his mail list, and you'll get links to the early uh, shows before they're posted on his website. Anyway, Sean Sheehan, Sheenan, yes. Shannon. Shannon, you're correcting me. Shane Shannon, even on Irish names. Things are bad, Dave. Things are bad. In my <laughs> no, defense, yeah. I'm half Dutch now, so okay. <laughs> I like how you put that. I enjoyed your comment on GM being a person that has too much imagination for one person. Well put. And that actually right there um, describes my son. <laughs> oh. I, ne- I nearly cried nice. with a sooner or later, my son will become a dungeon master and I will never see him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful to see see uh, youngsters too with, with tons of imagination for, for that for, in that sort of way. Yeah, cool. Um, non-spoilery review of Git Commit Murder and Forever Fails by uh, Michael Warren Lucas. That has to be the best book title for geeks ever. I don't know what they... Uh, what they popularist community might think of that but for anybody in the geekdom that should be uh, that's a definite read right there just for that oh uh, yeah yeah I agree <laughs> we didn't have any comments on that but basically uh, a little book review there by uh, or a book teaser would be a better word by 5150 nice to hear 5150 on HBR again isn't it yes what's in my hand check by Steve Saner on, recorded on the very night that we recorded the, uh, or they recorded the um, Amateur Radio Roundtable, and I came on as a moron, uh, intended to be a guest, but <laughs> really, folks, when you hear that show, and sometimes, Dave, here, we have people who send in a show and think, oh my god, this was the most terrible show ever, and whatever. This, my participation in this was truly, truly awful. I was just so tired and not thinking and the poor guys were on there just gone beating their heads against the wall going what sort of a moron on this other but anyway back to this show just preempting everybody whenever it comes up <laughs> oh, if, if, if you are shame. a ham radio uh, enthusiast and you have a ham shack can you please uh, do a show like this what i'd love is a little link to each of these uh, each of these radios and stuff and he also has made a very good point about my um, about my little uh, radio mightn't be that good because you know the Bofang as yep. it might uh, uh, broadcast crap on either side. So have a listen to this show. Yeah, I thought he did a lovely job. Uh, very very nice. So much so much kit, so much stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's but quite, on the other quite hand, overwhelming. So- it is. You know. and it, it seems expensive to me as well. But then again, you know, you look around any any of our, you know, what's in your own shack. You've got a laptop, you know, fifteen hundred quid's worth of a laptop sitting right there, and then you got a whole pile of pies around and some monitors around. You know, it kind of builds up. It just happens to be ham radio stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and my attic is stuffed with with uh, odds and ends, yeah. like a dead laser printer and a and a. A monitor out of a out of a game tabletop game, which yeah, I tried to yeah. make him, you know, all that sort of stuff. I'm sure, sure yeah, his exactly. place. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the it's, best uh, comment in this was, you know, your hack is never your your shack is never finished. So uh, 
just recorded yeah. at this point in time, and then two years later on, you can tell us what changed in your shack. So yeah, go for it, guys. No, go for it. Pretty amazing. Yeah, in Scotland. Hey, Benia comes to Scotland and talks to Andrew about Lockwear 14.2 a year after the release. And I apologise to everybody in Scotland for that terrible that, accent. That was obviously a Glasgow accent. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is where they you, were. You've got an Edinburgh accent, sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, this is, yes. this is so funny about Arch being a, what is that, an elephant and... Uh, uh, arches, fruit flies, and slackers for elephants. This crack me up. This did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I enjoyed. Well, I know both of these guys quite well, and it's good to good to hear them hear their chat. <laughs> and uh, Sons of Man One says, "Still thriving. Good to see HBR showing Slackware love." Yes, indeed. No, that was good. We we need to know more about Slackware. Have you have you ever used it yourself, Ken? I have, yes. I once yeah. did a... Um, actually, it was one of the first uh, distros I ever ran. I should actually. I did a um, part of somebody else's show how I got into Linux, but I should probably do one as well. But anyway, it's a long story. But, uh-huh. um, yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's something I've never tried myself, and listening to, to this sort of chat makes me want to just have a mess around with it on a on a machine that's not not particularly important but uh yeah yeah sounds like a lot of work but not as much work as arch and gen 2 and stuff or uh, uh, linux from scratch oh uh, well yeah yeah i'm i i'll be dead before i finish that if i ever started it so i'll not bother that's <laughs> uh, not that bad if you do it in a virtual machine then it's not that bad that's kind of cheating Anyway, the next day, healthcare costs. Why are the cost pressures in healthcare? And again, this is part of the series, uh, series on uh, healthcare that he's doing. And Be Easy says, impressive. Thank you for this episode. Once again, I am impressed by the knowledge of the healthcare system in the US. And I'd love to hear your, what's that word? Apolitical. Apolitical. Yep, cool. And Bob, Bob comments with more information I hope you can address some of the points brought up in Adam Ruins Everything, the real reason hospitals are so expensive in a future episode. The video seems to challenge your arguments related to why healthcare is so expensive in the US. Their video sources are here, and he, he gives a couple of, couple of links. I would argue that it's possible to decrease the individual cost of equipment by increasing its utilization. For example, it's common practice in European hospitals to run expensive equipment like MRI machines 24-7 to reduce the overall cost. It's also possible to increase human utilization by concentrating skills in facilities dedicated to a given specialism. This is being done to great efficiency in India. And there are facilities dedicated to, for example, eye surgery or heart treatment. This has proven to be extremely useful in attracting the best specialists from all over the world because they are guaranteed to have a high throughput of patients in their dedicated field. This allows facilities to train up many more specialists as there is a constant utilization of their skills. Interesting. Have you? Yeah, I've, I watched the, the YouTube video and uh, some interesting points, though it's... It, it has a presentation that's very lightweight for a, yes. for a very heavy, <laughs> heavy subject. Um, so it, uh, you know, it, it, I would like to following up all the all the links in it is would be, be well, worth doing. Seem, I suspect. Yeah, exactly. 
It does <laughs> seem to uh, his thing about the healthcare costs in Ireland. They simply said, okay, well, we're not. They put a board in place to look at the the price of that hospitals were being charged, and it was, it was just ridiculous. They don't know they were setting uh, setting worldwide, uh, you know, countrywide the limits on what hospitals can pay for drugs and stuff. So, yeah. Although I do yeah. see a, a hooker's photos in there, so what's going on? Strange. I think we must that. have a we must have a gravitar fault of some sort here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. need to. As I, I made a note of it, so we'll we'll uh, we'll pick up on this one later. So the next day was the decline and fall of Tickle TCL. Very interesting uh, show, and I'm glad uh, Clacky brought it to us, and also brought more stuff to the Commons in in getting permission from the author to release it as CC by SA. Yeah, good. Interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Losing He's... community, I think, is something that more than one projects should be very careful about doing. Yeah, it was an interesting analysis um, of the of the problem. Um, I used, uh, I've never called it Tickle, it seemed a silly name, but <laughs> it's just me. Uh, TCL, I always called it. <laughs> um, I used it a lot at one point because that and TK was the only way to, to, to get stuff to work on a bunch of Unix workstations I got lumbered with. We, our principal of the university bought 50 Unix workstations to, to implement a thing called DEC Athena, um, DEC mm-hmm. Digital Equipment Corporation's implementation of the MIT Athena project, which we had to then implement for the whole blooming university. And, TCL TK and expect TK were two things that I found were amazingly useful to uh, to speed up stuff on uh, on that you know just to provide interfaces to various things. So yeah, a lot of interesting stuff there. And it's more slash ast- more space asterisk for slash capital T lowercase K. There's a Ruby TK that used to be Guile TK, best friend friend but Guile TK was deprecated and replaced with Guile GTK, which was then replaced with Guile GNOME. It's pretty funny that although Python has had a large degree replaced TCL out there, any system that includes a full Python also includes TCL TK because Ticker depends on TCL TK as part of Python standard lib. Even funnier, the proudest project of the Guile world, G-U-I-X, depends Geeks. on Geeks, thank you. Depends on Python via Graphis and Glib and therefore TCL. Well now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's embedded. TK inter was the is the thing that's in Python, by the way. Um yeah, it's it's true. It when I first started using Linux on Red Hat, then just for every GUI that you yeah, ran it's true. It's true. was was TCL TK. Some of them a bit clunky, but uh, they got better as they as they moved away from it. Retro <laughs> would be the word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to use the Motif version of TK, which was which was nice, but weird. But Motif was weird anyway. So Mad Sweeney says TK is not accessible. RMS started a flame fest when he posted to Complang TCL in 1994. Why should not use TCL? And he gives a link to the to the um, Google Groups that has archived this chat. I don't like TCL for its stringly typed nature, but TKA seems like a nice lightweight GUI toolkit. But unfortunately, it doesn't work with screen readers on any platform, so you should avoid using it unless you're just developing something for your own use. 
And Clacky responds, RMS Flamefest. The Flamefest you were referring to is the TCL War linked in the show notes. Thanks for the comment on the accessibility. That's good to know if you're building a serious UI. But I guess it's another example of how TCL TK hasn't quite left the 80s. <laughs> Matt Sweeney replies, Flamefest. Hi, Clacky. Yeah, I missed that. That'll teach me to listen at four times speed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Those blind readers horsing through our shows. Free weights and bicycles. Frank's discussion of the lifelong love of free weights. This is in danger of becoming a series, Dave. One more show. It is. It is, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, like uh, makes a good point that he didn't need to uh, do a whole lot. I particularly loved his uh, comment on the exercise book. You know, he hasn't had any data loss in four years. Uh, very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's a bit old school, I think, Frank. So I, I tend to tend to agree with him quite a lot, actually. But, yeah, yeah. Might, I, might be I've similar this, ages. Yeah, I've had this debate with uh, with people before. You know, and work. Oh, if they uh, if we get a solar thing, then the whole world is going to come to an end. And uh, thingy and i just remember the interview that was done at the beginning of the year 2000 when they were going around yo what have you done well the guys went well you know we only switched to using the computer last week so we'll probably go out to the shed and take in the forms that we were using before that and sure to be grand <laughs> yes life will go on my friends yes if, yes if we can yes. have two world wars before the days of the internet i think we can continue in the assurance that mankind will be morons and continue to communicate. Anyway, apps splunking, the planet of the apps. I uh, am now looking forward to more of these apt splunking shows, although I still think it's a waste, given three shows, three fines per episode, but it seems to be working for him, so I'm going to let him off the hook now. Oh, these, these are great. I like these very much. The lightweight uh, window managers. I haven't been tempted to change window managers in a while. Don't know if I should. I, I've i never... I think I've used tiling managers in the very, very early days. Um, I think weren't some of the early X1s uh, tiling, like yeah, yeah. TWM and stuff. Were they tiling? I can't remember, but, uh, but yeah, I've used... I think I might even have used i3 just for a moment or two, but uh, yeah... Not, I'm I'm happy with what I've got. I'll just stick with it. I don't want it. change. Don't, don't want too much change. Yeah, stop all this change in stuff. Come on, <laughs> blooming phones and oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, fancy computers. What are you doing? I saw that Raspberry Pi phone, uh, Pi Zero phone. Did you see it? The GS, they put a GSM module onto a Raspberry Pi Zero. Oh, I am so getting one of those things. <laughs> if they can get a like Wi-Fi module. And a um, and a four G bridge dongle thing with maybe GPS on it. I'm that's it. That's my phone. I'm just <laughs> gonna have that. But can yeah, you imagine yeah. walking through the airport right and putting your phone, putting printed four stacked printed circuit boards with a battery and duct tape strapped around it into the airport thing. Everybody down. That's no, right, it's okay. Right. It's, just, it's okay. It's just a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> The bomb squad will be there oh, in seconds. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, he's been wasting shows again, and he gets his own series. Series 98 is apt splunking. And Very cool. Excellent, excellent. So, yes, is, are we changing the names of the shows or no? 
No, no. No, no, no. Yeah, if he wants to, if he has suggestions. But it's so if, if he, yeah. Okay, so that was your comment. Um, and Jezrus commented, ha-ha, you said unicorn, because he was trying to do <laughs> phonetic uh, thingies. So I thought it was quite quite inventive. <laughs> yeah, he also said some very, very strange, um, very strange alphanumerics in there. Or, uh... That's alphanumeric, isn't the word? Phonetics. Phonetic, ah, phonetics, yes, yes. Yes, yes. It, 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 was, it was the, it was his own, it was, it was his own construction, I thought. Perfectly good, perfectly good. Yep, fine by me. Thoughts on lifetime learning by Be Easy. And uh, talk about experience as a good learner. Very nice little show. So, yeah. his blog post. Basically, it's, it's, learn yeah, a few it's an, things and do it well. Yeah. That's an excellent philosophy, I think. I very much agree with that. And uh, nicely put. I had never considered that lifetime learning was not an option. But apparently for some people it is. I don't know how you could... Uh, I doubt anyone listening to this show uh, suffers from the not lifetime learning thing. I think it's the, the hacker hacker outlook. Hacker in the, yeah. in the non-pejorative sense. It's, it's you know, you, you want to work out how to fix that thing and make it better, etc., etc. And you've got to learn new things to do it. So, you know, it's... It, yeah, you're right. I think it is the community we're, we're in. Really? But, uh, yeah, how could you not? I mean, you have to live on a diet of terrible telly. Yeah, and, uh, when, yeah when do you stop? Yeah. Okay, tabletop games. Uh, counterpoint to episode 2381, Platoon talks about PC gaming compares to tabletop gaming. So that was it. That was, it was also a good, you know, a good uh, balancer between, because uh, in one episode he was saying, he was arguing with himself basically. He was um, arguing the point that there are advantages to PC gaming. So over tabletop gaming. Pretty good. And that was it, Dave. We're done. <laughs> Or are we? Comments. What comments from five? We're not. We're not, done. We're not I, done. I just. I just have to go and let the, the cat out. Or in if you if you can if you let me step away from. I'll go grab a beer and then we can truncate some okay. of All right. Okay. Right. I'm back. Is the cat out of the bag? Cats. Who'd who'd keep them? As soon as you go out, she wants to come back in again. I don't know. I mean, things really have to get a cat float, but there's nowhere to put one in this house. Anyway. So you send me the comments um, file. Oh, cool. I'll just work off that then, shall I? Yep, okay. So the comment on... Uh, well, you, you can read the first comment, but... Have you got your text from? I just have to get it. Yeah, so we have, we have comments um, for shows prior to this month's shows. And we have one on safely enabling SSH... In the default rise of an image by Ken Fallon from Sesame Mucho, who says, thanks for pulling this together. This is just what I needed. I made some changes. Um, RaspberryPi.org is now using SHA-256 checksums, and I use LO setup to avoid all that calculation. This script is on GitHub, and he gives a, a link. Thanks again. And I reply, fantastic, brilliant cleanup job. Thank you very much. I am so chuffed at this. I mean, you know, when you have something and it gets uh, gets cloned, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very useful. It is useful. So it's good to have that uh, uh, the, that comment that shows that it is. And I am drinking a Chauffel, a so- Solil Belgian beer. Ah, uh, nice. lucky you, ah, lucky you. Yes, yes, yes. 
Pause them. I want to go to pause. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's for later. So we also had a comment to HPR 2356 Amateur Radio Roundtable number two. Josh Huber, six, uh, KF6ZZD, ZZD. Uh, I liked who says Doppler shift of RF at terrestrial speeds. I like the explanation of the Doppler, Doppler effects. Doppler effects on radio frequencies at 3330. It was mentioned that at the speeds that satellites travel, the Doppler effect is noticeable so much that you have to adjust your RX frequency. At the speed of a car, a car travel, which is very slow compared to RF propagation, the Doppler shift wouldn't play a role. I just have one nitpick, which is that at car speeds, a measurable Doppler shift of RF signals indeed happens, even at gigahertz frequency, and this is exactly how police radar works, commonly using radar way up in the 10 gigahertz or 24 gigahertz bands. This is totally a nitpick, since we're probably not talking about a shift of more than a few kilohertz, and very few, if any, radios can tune in less than... 10 kilohertz increments in UHF anyway. Enjoyed the show. Cheers. And yes, nitpicking is what we do here, Dave. Some of us well, do. Well, fair Dave. point. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. It's good to good to have these things pointed out, actually. I haven't quite appreciated that. Of course, that is how radar radar works. <laughs> my, my son's currently in Japan, and he's driving around in the, the island of Honshu, and he... Everybody drives way over the speed limit, and he was just following along. And then he saw a Japanese radar trap, <laughs> which he managed to avoid just by the skin of his teeth. But, uh, <laughs> it's quite quite scary. He was very scared at the because you don't have radar traps like they do in Japan in the UK. We have sort of things on on sticks. These were get these were these were people hiding behind bushes with radio oh, right, scanny things. So. Yeah, that was that was a highlight of his holiday. Not yeah, they have them here, and then uh, people go on to apps and uh, signal to people that they're available, and then it's broadcast on like the navigation systems that they're. Ooh. They used to used people used to flash their lights to to yeah, warn. Exactly, ah, yeah. There's a guy hiding there. He'll get you. <laughs> Um, trade-offs on the U.S. care system by Ahuka still have trade-offs. While there are while that would be an improvement. There will still be other trade-offs to deal with. And probably benefit from reading the comment that was related to. One second. Oh, yeah, I was to my comments. A uh, better starting point would be to agree that everyone has the right to health care and work from there. While that though would be an improvement, there would still be trade-offs to deal with. Yeah, so he was commenting to my comment. I can reply to that. Saying that, indeed, yes, but if if you say to the states that they need to pay for healthcare, then it's basically whoever is saying that you need to do it is the one that should be making sure that it's funded. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, oh yes, it's a, it's a big, big problem. Um, anyway, but it's an interesting series uh, in that um, it is a, it's interesting the way he's uh, gone through that and probably at the end of the series I'd be better positioned to make some more comments about it if, if Annie jumped to mind. Might yes, yes, he's yeah. doing a great analysis of the whole thing. I'd, I'd love, looking forward to hearing the whole thing. Anyway, yes, moving on to, exactly. do you want to do the next one? Two, two, three, six, four. This was Managing Your Android with AirDroid by Frank Bell. And Brenda J. Butler commented, run naked through the Googleplex. Ha ha. <laughs> Love that comment at 15 minutes, 7 seconds, both because it's funny, because it 
brings the point home. Yes. Classic. That's a that's quite an image. <laughs> and folks, feel free to. Um, there's been a few of that uh, this month where you take out a a few sentences from the uh, shows that make you chuckle and send it in. Um, to on the show two three six nine, but that was in Why uh, Bills with his uh, little meters problem, uh, not having enough of them. Ambient noise. Thanks, Mike. You know I didn't notice any of the outside noise. Hold on. Hold well, on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 uh, fl- in the thing you're reading, I flagged the comments you don't need to read with a vertical bar on the left. So that oh, that's means so explanatory, Dave. This is the green on the on the other ones. Well, I, yeah, I, I just forgot to tell you. I mean, you should, you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no. So yes, we we read them last week. Um, that's, uh, that's last week. Last okay, month, not I mean, verified yes, yes. says one, and I like the idea. Their handle is called not verified. I had to laugh out loud when you went remote raiding for batteries. I'm sure we've all that, done that more than once. Have you try? Have you checked out any of the Amiga three two eight based ESR component testers? I gave this one a try. Link to the Amazon one based on the price and reviews. I got the one with the IC in socket because I tend to trash things. Nifty unit. I know. Do I know. Do a show. What? Has it what's it, Dave? People stereotyping me. <laughs> well, Aye. I actually do want to hear this because I, yeah, yeah. I ordered a component tester. I got a whole go of uh, components from my father-in-law's school was thrown out a box of components and they just gave them to me and I had no idea what they were. So I ordered a comp- component tester from Banggood and the shipment didn't work. So I ended up not getting a component tester. So I'm looking for a good recommendation. So people can do yeah. shows. That would be yeah. awesome. Well, NY Bill replies to this ESR tester kits. Yes, I have. Um, have you built one? Was, it, was the question. I built two of them. First, I sold to a friend at our lug for the cost of the kit. Worth the money. I was happy to sold up, sold up another. And he points to um, a, uh, a link on his site where he keeps his pictures um, showing this particular thing. I even started recording an HPR on the unit, but life got in the way. So, yep, get one, build it up, and give us a review. So, um, but I do, I do yeah. believe he's uh, that we might be hearing more about this from NY Bill. So. But I, maybe no, don't mention that. Because no, right no, now no. we have to have not verified, which is an awesome, uh, an awesome handle. Please record the show and claim that name before anybody else gets it. <laughs> and you'll be verified as yeah. not verified. I, yeah. Yes, I will verify. Make sure that you are not verified. Excellent. <laughs> Actually, yes, yes, good. So mailing list stuff. And now news from the mailing list. See, we need to be able to do the mailing list more more uh, efficiently. Because, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, just just to let people know uh, what 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 we're trying to do this week, or what I'm trying to do, because the the website's been a little bit uh, um, difficult to use lately. Uh, I tried to send out as much in the form of text files as I could this this week this month so uh, so we'll be using the text file now but i haven't done this for the for the the mail so uh, anyway i'm just looking at my mail client to to, to try and work it out i'm looking at the uh, thread on the um, archive which has got them nested threads 
the link in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. start with no, changes to the common sense. system and um, basically uh, uh, anti-spam measures that we're going to put in and stuff. Um, so I will probably now is as good a time as any to talk about that. That was a massive, massive pain in the rear end. Not because it was anything complicated or that. We did the changeover. Everything was going well. We I wrote a um, a comment changing script, which is uh, basically a cut down version of the uh, upload show script and uh, it's got all the checks in there and actually one thing about writing your own comment checking system is that you can absolutely tailor it to the hpr site so there is nobody else will be able to, able to use this other than hpr so we've got a <laughs> we've got a question in there called uh, like the anti-spam question is what does the p in hacker public radio stand for Duh. so you um <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, we haven't received one spam comment since we implemented this. I'm pretty impressed. Mm, no, you? yes. Yeah, no, no, we haven't received any spam comment. No, just, just don't uh, wish them, wish them on. <laughs> no, they're, no, they're listening. No the robots that, but, are listening. <laughs> but um, there is, there is some things that we need to. So we had to replay the, replay the functionality of the website, and I uh, got, um, I got uh, uh, Mike Ray to make sure that it's accessible it is accessible for uh for oh here's this funny thing that i do the vast majority of comments that we get on shows are comments for the last month yeah so you know the last 30 days so i decided that if it's the last 30 days you only get asked the anti-spam question are what's the p in hacker public radio stand for if you're commenting on shows older than that, which is a, a typical exploit of of spammers, they'll pick a popular show or a popular blog post from a few years ago that you're used to approving spam comments on, and then they'll try and sneak in there. Um, so, in a clever and cunning plan, if you're commenting on the show in the future, or commenting on the show more than 30 days in the past, you will get asked three additional things. Number one is, are you a spammer? And the default answer is yes. So you have to switch that to no. You'll have to answer who hosted this show and you can select the host from a drop-down list. And then the other question is, what does HPR mean to you? And the, you need to put in there, convince us, uh, convince us you are part of the community. And so far we've got two or three comments on older shows and the, uh, the comments in there have been very, very nice actually. Yes, the, one of the one of the side effects of your your test for older than thirty days is is that it also uh, determines if somebody's commenting on a show that's been posted but hasn't we haven't yet got to it in the feed. It also yeah, triggers exactly. that that question. That's why you've had the, those questions from people who have been commenting in the future, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Anything um, when it comes to the HPR site, anything that falls anywhere suspicious to me is is triggered on that and we also put in a limit now on the amount of verbosity that you can put into a comment if you hit that limit then you should be recording a show that's pretty much it yeah yeah I, seems i'm fair. not gonna it's it's fairly significant the number of uh, 1000 something characters don't know 2000 characters but yeah anything more than that and you're you should be recording a show because that's what we do here. 
So that's uh, the that actual part worked quite well, and everything was hunky dory. And then we turned it on, and then the site stopped working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny now, Dave. It wasn't funny back then. No, it was. And, it was uh, so it turned out it was a difficult the, weekend. Uh, the comment system was being used by the site to get access to the database, and so I had significant amount of changes to do to fix that. And then there was all sorts of byproducts of that where uh, RSS feeds were not working because there was extra lines in their things coming back and all sorts of messing. But yeah, so none of this has anything to do with moving from HTTP to HTTPS. This whole thing, the whole common system change is getting rid of the old common system. And I think you are now in the process of uh, deactivating the tables, correct? Uh, yes, I've moved them away, so they're they're not that that we know for certain. I think that nothing is trying to use them or do anything with them. So uh, so we can now archive them or whatever else we want to do with them, and then delete them out of the database. Yeah, that actually um, leads to a lot cleaner uh, system. So there's a few um, things. Sorry, what? No, I was just going to say the old the old comment structure was very very convoluted, um, presumably so because area. it was yeah. yeah Maybe because it was written to be a generic thing that, that was being sold to anybody who needed a comment system, but uh, it, it had all sorts of problems as a consequence for us. And the, um, the even the spam checking um, as well was yeah terrible. And the fact that we attracted you know we had the name of the comment script on there, so all the um, bots could happily then go and. Uh, uh, find out their custom hacks for uh, for that particular script. Anyway, there you go. That's that was one thing. What's what? What else, Dave? What else? Uh, amateur radio roundtable fifty one fifty offered stickers. Yes, shall we talk about that? Stickers, stickers, stickers. Um, mm -hmm. It's in the any other business news. Another thing that we did this month was to um, uh, Fostem, right? FOSTEM is coming up. It's a free and open source conference where lots and lots of developers and thousands of uh, participants come to uh, Belgium every year and walk around and talk about free software. And it's basically like, I don't know, hackers version of heaven, <laughs> possibly with far too few ladies and people of. But um, there you are. And we... Uh, I got emailed some time back because I managed uh, last year I was bugging them so much about uh, getting the contact information for the interviews around the stands. I think it got added to the list by mistake. So they sent me a link to um, the uh, proposals for stands. So rather than just you know putting in this proposal for HPR ourselves, I contacted as many um, uh, other podcasting shows and free culture that I could get my hands on and Basically, everyone replied back, yes, we would like to um, be included in the presentation and we'll probably send you stickers and stuff. So if that does go ahead, and I'm not saying it will because they, as you know, we're talking about you're up against people like KDE, GNOME, um, Slackware, Postgres, MySQL, Google, uh, Mozilla. You're up against massive big projects here, even trying to get a... And space is a massive premium there. So, but we put a put together a good pitch. I thought, Dave. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a it's an excellent thing, and lots of lots of backing, which uh, which should cause the 
the administrators to stop and, and think before they say no. Yeah, Hopefully they yeah, won't say so. no. But. I hope so, yeah. Because it would be it would be an interesting change just to sit there and have people have the interviews come to me rather than me going to the interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and and we we would have others other podcasters coming along Absolutely, to, to help, yeah. which will which would be be really nice if that kind of comes to be It'd be super. Yeah, it would be it would be really really awesome. I, I would uh, take some time to make sure I'm, I'm down there for. That. Okay, uh, let me see. So, uh, 5150 is talking about stickers. Give you some links in there in the show notes. Probably coming back to that again. Michael uh, sent us in the text, text even. There you see the Belgian beer is beginning to take effect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're only going to have one beer okay. a year, it should be a good, strong beer. <laughs> Twenty percent jobbies. Oh, it is, yeah. it's like I'm, I'm back to what is this here? Six percent. Yeah, but I'm a wuss. Um, so uh, the low Q poem, which I think you know we should uh, threaten to to uh, to put up every time the the show is low. But it's a brilliant it's a brilliant poem. with more or less, uh, it gives you the um, the complete rundown of what HPR is and and how it works. No, this is this is great. I really enjoyed it when he when he uh, did it, and to have the words for for posterity is great too. I added it to his show as well, and I must uh, add it to the help site or whatever. So let's talk about the other thing: slow downloads again by Mike Gray. Well, we had a look to see uh, we're getting five hundred errors, which we thought were related to us using up maximum bandwidth because then we were checking and somebody was downloading a lot of shows. But we checked again, and this was happening quite a lot. And then we realised that there were bots out there. Uh, and I'll just give you some quick parsing of the um, notes that I of the log file I did for this month, just to give you an idea of what's going on. So between the 31st of August and the 30th of September, there were um, 1,879,000 hits on the websites. And that came from 67,500 unique IP addresses. Of those hits, nearly a million were from bots crawling. And of those, 75,000 were invalid request so a massive proportion of what was happening is down to invalid crawling and i'll talk to you more about that of those half uh, nearly all of those were by two bots a yandex bot and a mj12 bot um and then there was also a dot bot and then the numbers drastically go down to real bots like uh, bing bot and google bot and whoever uh, go down to into the few thousand range where you would expect them. Those morons, for want of a better word, are assuming that HPR is a open API and that it's using uh, directories for attributes. So they're converting eps.php into eps forward slash something. And then they're finding an app in there and then they go forward slash and then they go forward slash and forward slash and forward slash. They're I had a look in the show notes and quite a lot of their URLs, no idea where they came from, never were on the site. Um, Google or any other place had no reference to these. It just And there are plenty of comments where these bots have been shown to be doing this to 
websites around the place. So um, Josh thought, okay, well, I'll put in my uh, uh, robots.txt file and they'll surely um, stop crawling the website uh, after that. Uh, nope, they continued on. And then he uh, found all the IP addresses of those sites and nope, they changed the IP addresses. And now he has uh, failed to ban scripts that checks the number of processes, number of open connections, and then every few minutes he bans all those IP addresses. And it's still going on today, still going on. We are sending requests in, so we're blocking them um, directly. There is a check on every web page uh, in uh, as we evaluate the web page and immediately replies back with a 404 which they should terminate the connection but no they continue on and continue on so they've they've got a list of some urls and they're completely ignoring the 404s and they're going out with random ip addresses so they're being very very naughty citizens now the only other thing that we can do how this is affecting the website is we're getting 500 errors from time to time so the site is either slow because they're using up all the resources or uh, we don't get connections in or other things. So it's rather unfortunate, I must say, but it is uh, been looked into. They, there is the possibility of downloading, of uh, installing some proprietary software, which would cost, what was it, $24 a month? $20 a month is what I remember, yeah. Yeah, so that'll, that'll work out at $240 a month. And to be honest, uh, I can't afford to uh, spend any more money on the HBR project. Uh, Josh uh, is pumping enough money into this. Um, found out that he's not really making anything from the advertising that he's doing. Um, and because we're not a charity, he, he will try and log it against his tax uh, tax th thingy. But because we're not a charity, that just makes it a little bit more difficult. So um, props to Josh for all the support he gets. And uh, yeah, I don't know really what to do about that, but uh, well done him. It's grim. It's really grim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, some of, the, some of those robot sites are regarded as, as sort of attack sites. Uh, uh, it was the little bit I've read about it, that people can actually use them to uh, to do attacks yeah. on sites yeah. so no, they, they, for for a start not following the 404 uh, not following the robots text is a red flag for me uh, the fact that you get a 404 and then you know four weeks later you're still coming back to the same url is a red flag for me so um bam their butts is what i say and yeah. a big thank you to josh for everything that he's done he's like been on the ball this this month helping us out um so yeah uh, basically if you get a 500 error i mean we've got uh we got this site for free from uh we're basically under attack all the time and um there's not really a lot we can do about it just know that in a half an hour the moron that's uh that's been blocking you their ip address will be banned and it'll take a while for their open connections to phase off your RSS feed should be able to pick up missing shows again the next time it's run. So apologize for the little bit of turbulence, but hopefully we'll get you through. Yep. Yep. There's not much else that, uh, that we yep. can do for, in the environment that we're in. So um, 
new podcast coming up. Uh, website appears to be down, site unavailable again. And then Mike Ray had something about the uh, same columns in LibreOffice uh, calc sheet. Um, and Kevin O'Brien hopped out, and Rob Hawkins and Rome Horningling. If I'm mispronouncing any of these people's names, feel free to record a show. Tell us the correct pronunciation. Uh, Kevin had a title mishap, which I believe you fixed. Is that correct? I did indeed. Yes, yes. I meant to ask him what he put a, a title with a number and stuff in it, which looked and it didn't look right. But I forgot to ask him. So uh, apologies, Kevin, for not, not coming back to you quicker. But I fixed it very quickly once he highlighted it. And the Ohio Linux Fest was on is on the fifteenth in Ohio. Will be on the September the twenty ninth and thirtieth, so basically this weekend as well. And then we have news of the community news, and that's about it. Was there any other business, Dave? Uh, we we never. Yeah, Clinton Roy presumably couldn't make it. He thought he was going to be able to join us tonight. In the middle but, uh, of the night. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But he he did say he did say he was going to try. But anyway. Thank you for the thought. Anyway, next time, if you want to organise one of these shows in your own time zone, absolutely no problem. We can send you the the link I'll, I'll, to the website. Yeah, yeah, I'll support you with the with notes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. I'll, I'll go to bed early. <laughs> exactly. So yes, on the on the any other business list, we, we've covered a few. Uh, we have podcast awards. Um, the podcast award ceremony is is um, today, five yes. p.m. PST. So um, four more not hours. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, um, we're up against it's... some stiff competition. But go on ahead, yeah. No, I was just just reading out my notes. Really, it's International Podcast Day, which is no coincidence. But um, we should all have been out there pushing the idea of podcasts yeah, exactly, and yeah. getting yeah. people to, to to record shows for HPR. Really, yes. Um, but yes. <laughs> which is what um, I'm looking. If we do get the table of Foster, and that's what really what I'm looking forward to to doing, like getting more hosts. Ooh, definitely, we need to be producing a, a sort of pack that we can give to to people to say, you know, this is what we do, this is what we'd like from you, and uh, yep. blah blah blah, and yep. all that sort of stuff. Yep, yep. There's a lot, lot of work to do if we we get that. Um, so, Fosden, we've covered website issues, we've covered, and we've really commented on um, Josh and anhonesthost dot com. I put in an item there, thanking him for this and uh, um, reminding everybody that we're getting. Free facilities from uh, from Josh's yep. company. Yep. So cool. That's pretty much it. Cool, cool, cool. Dave, I have nothing else. I have nothing else either. So we're good. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Radio. <laughs> oh wow! It's almost as if we rehearsed that. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. Join us now and share the software. You'll be free, hackers. You'll be free. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link 
to find out how easy it really is. Heka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.